Hey guys, and welcome to Unapologetically Krista. The bra is off and so is the filter, so let's get real. The very first episode, booyah, it is here. I am so excited. Little weird, but um, I'm going to have fun. So hopefully you will have fun with me as well. I had a lot of different thoughts about what my first topic would be. And it was crazy because my head went all over the place. I know what women are going through right now. And Lord knows I could talk about everything from, you know, like loving indoor plumbing to business. It's just, yeah. So you're so lucky to have me. But I thought today would be very, very important to speak at kind of at the very beginning. What I as a woman um, did to make sure that I could actually enjoy the rest of my life and what I did to start this new journey that I'm on. Life isn't new, of course, but I really have started focusing and, and learning about what makes me happy. And I want that for so many other women. So I thought that I would talk about that today. And hopefully you can listen to it all and it'd be interesting and hopefully you'll come back, no pressure. So let's do this. Today we are going to talk about who the hell we are. And I say that in all seriousness, because we women every day, we play so many different roles. We are mom, wife, daughter, uh, committee leader, businesswoman, chauffeur, referee, nurse, a therapist, conflict resolution expert, lover, if you're lucky, uh, a cook, all those things. But nowhere in that list does it say our name or does it say self? So when people were to ask me, what do I do? You know, I could say, well, I'm, I go around, I speak about women's topics, or I'm an event planner, or I'm an author, or I've had 10 children. Uh, that's the one that gets a lot of attention. All of those things, but that's not really me. And I think that most women these days have really forgotten who they are. And let me tell you, we women are so freaking powerful, but we've left it on the table. We've left all that power on the table because we're so busy doing other things and not focusing on the stuff that makes us us. So it took me a long time to figure out who I was because I was either Chad's wife or I was the owner of Blissfully Simple Events, or I was Matt and Jordan's mom, or all the other kids' moms. Now I'm even known as that chick with the 10 kids. Oh, or I'm known as the, the Blissfully, which I love. I love all of those roles that I play. But very rarely do I have someone look at me and say, Krista, who are you deep inside? And if I were to ask you that question right now, what would you say? Would you know? I don't know if you would, because if someone had asked me that three years ago, I would have started spouting off all the roles that I play. But that's not me. And it's not you either. You are born with this incredible light soul. And then as you grow, you grow into this person. But we multitask and stuff so much that we start to forget about that person and that person is shoved down. It took a serious health crisis for me to finally wake up and literally ask, okay, who the hell is Krista? Not even Krista Tharp, but just Krista, not connected to anyone else because I am so 
tethered to the roles and to the people around me. I needed to stop and listen to what Krista was telling me. It was funny because when I was young, people would always tell, uh, or my parents would always tell people that I would either be a nun or a burlesque dancer. <laughs> and I joke with them now that they were really, really lucky that I was not blessed with a bettered body. Um, but they're right. And I can see both of those characteristics in my personality. I identify with both of them and many, many more. But most of you now, if you know me, probably see much more of the burlesque dancer part of me. <laughs> but I am having lots of friends that are seeing more of the nun. And by nun, I think more inner, introspective and spiritual and um, interfaith. When I was young, I used to think that in my child's brain, when they said that, they said it a lot. And it was very, very funny. And I, I don't regret them saying it because it really does have a little snapshot of who I was and who I am. But I used to think I had to be one or the other, you know, the weird stuff that you as a kid bring up. And then as I grew, I started figuring out, oh, hell yes, I can do other things. And I really wanted to do other things, like many, many other things. I was always wanting to, I was touch and experience and learn and like a sponge. I wanted to have it all like a lot of us, not just women, but I loved having these really incredible, um, diverse experiences through my life. Thus started the countless roles that I connected to myself throughout the years. And I mentioned multitasking. We women are so incredibly good at multitasking that it's like our superpower. I once read that, um, like a computer, a woman's mind has like at least 20 tabs open at one time. It could go back and through, back through, back and forth, uh, where a, ma a man's is just on home screen. Now, I love my men, so don't get me wrong, but men focus on one thing at a time, and they're able to do that. Women, we are able to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it's almost like we're schizophrenic. And it's amazing to me. In fact, I mean, we could be, well, I'm not even going to talk for you. For me, I could be yelling at my kids full-fledged, and then the phone rang, and I'd be like, hello? They'd look at me like I'm schizophrenic. It's not really a good thing. But I could do it, and I saw my parents do it. I saw other friends do it throughout our lives. We just learn how to flip-flop, flip-flop. And I watch my boys and my husband sometimes look at me and my girls. They look at us in awe. Like, how, what? For me, usually when I start talking about different things, even my daughters are like, oh, mom, squirrel. I, I will go off onto different things. They have to learn to follow my mind and how it goes. And those people I kind of expect to read my mind. How dare they not read my mind? And I know we women are like that. We are like that. It's so insane. Every one of us were kindred spirits that way. But even though it looks like we have a split personality, which really isn't considered a good thing, um, we're exceptional at it. But it is a full-time job, and it is so exhausting. It's exhausting, and frankly, it's killing us at a very, very high rate. Women are dying from heart disease at this insane rate. I'm not gonna, I'm not good with math. I'm just gonna tell you that they are, believe me. But I see it in two different ways. The physical way, the dis-ease in their body, 
by taking on so much, but also the emotional way. That heart disease that we have in there is emotional. We are so tied to giving and loving and nurturing and making sure everything is right. And it's just so exhausting. But the greatest temptation I think that we all face, especially women, is that we forget ourselves and we lose ourselves. It's always shoved to the side because other things need to happen. And now in this day and age, add COVID. I have my eight-year-old daughter yesterday. We're learning about what the school is going to be like. And I have a third, she's a third grader and she's in tears, not because she has to wear a mask, which I thought she'd be upset with, but because she can't touch her friends. She can't go up and she cannot hug. This is an eight-year-old. It's To me, it's a traumatic experience for these young kids. This is a brave new world that we're in. And we as moms and women, we're doing everything that we can to make everything right for these kids, telling them, it's okay, it's all right. We set the tone. But inside, we're thinking, whoa, 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 stop. I need a break. I need a break. We do this totally unconsciously. Some of it's consciously, but most of it's unconsciously. Kids come first, job comes first, marriage comes first. We have um, carers. Some of us care for our parents or we have grandparents or we're really involved in a church or other organizations that we think, oh, they, they really deserve it. They need it more than we do. When I needed a knee, knee replacement, I had a total knee replacement a couple of years ago, I scheduled it eight months out because I was too busy in my job. Christmas was coming. The kids had band season. It just wasn't a good time to do it. Listen to what I just said. It was not a good time to have surgery. Now, granted, a new replacement is an elective surgery. I wouldn't have died without it. However, walking was incredibly difficult for me, and going upstairs was not possible. I had to go up like a two-year-old. It was, was extremely embarrassing at 40-some years old. So it was a needed surgery. What the hell was I thinking? I could not walk without intense pain, but by all means, let's go get that Christmas shopping done because that's more important. I have discovered Amazon. I love Amazon, which is wonderful, but it didn't matter. I was thinking about other people first rather than me. And my body was speaking out and yelling, going, whoa, hold the phone, stop, red light, blink, 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 something's wrong, we need you to stop. But I waited another eight months to get that done. How stupid that is. As women, we are built to nurture and give, and we do it so, 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 so well. But the problem comes when we get tangled up in all of those roles that we put ourselves last. And when you give and you give and you give and you're, you give, your cup does not runneth over. It becomes dry, bone dry, and then it starts to crack. So that when you finally do start to refill it with a little bit of self-love, things start seeping out of the cracks. It takes more time longer time to keep that cup full because it's still seeping out. You have to keep pouring into it. And sometimes women keep so, get so frustrated by how much time it takes for them to recover that they just give up all over. And they just give it up. 
they decide to live a life of full exhaustion, headaches, horrible menstrual cramps, they gain weight, they look like the walking dead. And you and I all know women like this if it isn't you. So I want to ask you in this very first episode, do you want to live that way? I hope to God you say no, because life is so absolutely amazing. And you can have that, even if you think you have it right now, it gets even better. So how do you do that? I went on a journey to discover me. And in order to do that, I had to do a few things. So here's the deal. The first thing I started putting myself first, you need to find you. There is no selfishness in taking care of yourself. No selfishness. In fact, I have a very dear friend who said, I'm changing that word to self-fresh. So it's not that negative connotation of how dare you do that. So I'm refreshing myself so that I can take care of others better. You know the whole analogy of the put the airplane mask on you first so that you can help help others. And we women know this. We've heard it. We hear it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, I'll get to it later. Then, you know, you're 22 years old. You're getting married. Then all of a sudden you start breeding like I did. And then you get a job. And then you've got more kids to throw on the wood pile. And then you've got some really cool things. Oh, and then the parenting starts. So instead of just keeping the kids alive, you're actually doing parenting. Then there's marriage stuff that you've got to talk about. Oh, and then you realize, um, oh, wow, my body, body starts, nah, it's all right, I'll, I'll fix it later. And then bam, you're 47 years old, almost 50, and you're almost dying. It happens so fast. If you think that you're not going to have enough time, or if you think you are going to have enough time, you, you won't. That's just as stupid as saying, you know, oh, we're going to wait until we're financially ready to have children. Well, then you're never having children because you're never financially ready. You need to stop and do it now. You, we do not know how long we have on this earth. I came to the realization that it was my job to find Krista again. No one else was going to do it. In fact, I had to face the hard reality that I was the only one that did this to myself. I would love to blame pregnancies or pop and pizza for the extra weight I carry. But nope, that was all me. I was the one that volunteered to make 300 cupcakes at the last minute for school. I was the one that chose to do 150 events per year. It was me, myself, and I. No one else forced me to do that. And because of that, I am the only one that could change it. And it's the same for you. So when I discovered, okay, I'm gonna start putting Krista first, I looked to my family. And I, I don't know if I thought that I was going to get pushback from them, but every single one of them was like, thank God. You know, all that my husband wants from me is to be happy. That's it. I mean, he's an amazing man, incredibly sexy and, oh, I, that stories. But that's all he wants for me. You know, my younger kids just want to nuggle on the couch. They just want to be there. They don't care what I look like. In fact, the other day I texted my daughter and um, she had suggested getting something like eating brownie batter or something. And I said, oh, but that's not good for me. I'm fluffy. And she texted back, we love you, fluffy. They love me the way I am. They want me to be happy and they want me to live. So if you think that your family is going to 
come back on you and say, no, how dare you do that? I beg to differ. And if they do, you need a new family. You need to start showing them what real love, self-love is. And here's the deal after I did that, after I started making um, decisions on things that I wanted to do, like I had incredible experiences, both good and bad, but they're all really, really intense. I mean, when I feel things now, it's, well, it's intense. But when I started putting myself first after that, I started learning the word no, which is absolutely incredible. If it did not fill my heart with joy or make me excited, or if it made me cringe or like, oh, I really don't want to do it. I said no. And it's really fascinating to see how this triggers other people. You'll start getting what? She said no. Is she allowed to say that? How dare she do what we aren't allowed to do? Ha <laughs> ha. And there's the rub. Because we are so worried about what other people, especially other women, that's another whole episode, about what we can do and what they think about us. Now, here's the deal about kids. Back to the word no. It's usually one of their first words. And as parents, we roll our eyes. We basically beat that out of their vocabulary because we don't want them to be independent. We want them to obey because that's how we teach them. No, you cannot touch the stove when it's hot. No, you cannot eat that cookie without having your vegetables first, whatever it may be. But with a child, you already know what you're going to get. Those kids live so authentically. If you want to see, just watch kids. They will tell you exactly how they feel. If they are happy, they're skipping, they're blowing bubbles. Mommy, look at this. Mommy, look at this butterfly. And they're giggling and it just makes us giggle. If they want a cookie, they let you know. If they don't want to be in quiet, they don't want to be quiet in church, they fucking let you know. They throw the biggest tantrum so the whole world knows they are not happy at that moment. So as we grow up, we learn to manipulate those feelings, shove them down, push them down to be socially acceptable. And right now I say screw socially acceptable because the only person in this world that can tell you what's right for you is you. And I really want you to grasp that right now. It's you, not your husband, not your children, not your boss, not your religious faith, whatever it may be. It's you that knows what's right for you. So after I learned the word no, which I learned it really good <laughs> or really well, as my daughter would say, she would yell at me, I started to do more things that made me happy. So I love to read. I can read a book a week, depending on what it is. I love historical fiction. I love anything, books on transformation, on energy, anything like that. I love traveling, which of course I miss right now. Uh, so I'll just look pictures of our, my past trips to Scotland or to England. I love taking hot baths. I'm not in them very long, but I use um, the great smelly salts and essential oils and rose petals, anything that makes it feel like a luxury. I'll watch uplifting movies or videos. I finally learned how to meditate, which was crazy because I could never quiet my mind down. You know, I never really researched how to do it. Now I could do it in quiet. I could do it to music. I can do guided meditations. I'll I will spend hours in meditations. And I love that. I became a student of things that I love. So a student of me. 
And as I got happier, synchronicity started happening. And so it would lead, one book would lead me to another book or to another teacher, or a friend would start speaking the same language. And I'd be like, oh, I didn't know you believed in that. Or how, how, how did you learn more about that? I was drawn to where I was able to spend more time with me and get to know who I am and what my sole purpose was. I found retreats where I was able to spend more time with myself and I loved it. But notice everything that I kind of mentioned up above about who I am and what I enjoyed, none of that really was about my job. I love being with people. I like making people feel better. So if that is through a podcast like this, knowing that you're not alone, or if it's me speaking about how I'm a mompreneur or my family, or if I'm helping a bride so that she can enjoy her day, Either way, that's what I enjoy. But it's not the fact that I am a business owner. A job actually gives me the money that I need to live so I can speak my truth, so that I can pass on my message, that I can go be at the fairy pools in Scotland and live my life. I had to decide and ask myself some real serious questions like, did I want to continue doing what I was doing? Why do I feel so stuck? What did I need to do to release that feeling that I had that was icky in order to move forward? What did I do, say, or think to bring this to me? No more blaming others. It was all responsibility. It all came back to me. Lots and lots of questions. So I made a decision that I was not okay playing the rules, the roles that I had made for myself anymore. The further I examined who I was, I started to get excited. I liked who I was seeing. But here's the next question. Would she be accepted? Because man, this new person was loud and obnoxious and unfiltered and raw. Would my family, my clients, my friends, Anyone who interacted with me, would anyone have a problem with the fact that I was now about to live my authentic self, the one that I had shoved aside and, and pushed down for so many years? I made the decision that I just didn't care. Was it an instant decision? No. It took me a few minutes, a little bit more than that. I had to realize that this person that I had hidden even though little bits and pieces of her has shown, that's who I was meant to be. And I was not fulfilling my purpose if I did not let that person out. Not everyone is the same. But for me, I love being a woman. I connect with women. I have so many sisters that are not birth sisters. And I love it. It's our tribe. For me, I use the word clan. It's my clan. These women that I know love life and love being who they are. They're the people I want to be around. I decided I was going to live out loud for the first time and unapologetically. Hence this podcast. So now I am who I am. I'm out, so to speak. I am that fierce woman, a force to be reckoned with. I will stand in my power and accept all of my craziness and my uniqueness. I don't hide my gifts or my talents anymore. 
I don't shy away from my purpose in life because it doesn't line up with some arbitrary construct. Screw that. That's gone for me. I decided I'm me. I'm going to be me. I am beautiful. I am bold. I am sassy. I'm voluptuous. I am creative. I'm determined. And I'm passionate. And that is me. Yes, I pee when I laugh. Yes, I eat way too many carbs. I love having sex with my husband and talking about it. I speak my truth loudly. And I go through life fearlessly authentic now because I know who the hell I am. And I'm unapologetic for it. So now it's your turn. See you next time. Thanks for listening. And until next time, be you, be bold, be unapologetic.